Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this uh, Tuesday, December 8th of 2020. And we'd like to welcome all of our listeners, wherever you're tuning in from, and thanking you for honoring us with your presence and being part of this fellowship in the Word of God. We began our study this Monday in the book of Isaiah, uh, tremendous, tremendous parallels that we found there. I invite you that if you have not uh, yet heard yesterday's podcast to do so, it'll bless you greatly. And so today we're ready to study the Word of God again. And as always, it is a pleasure and an honor to be able to study the Word of God uh, with my brothers and to be able to, in such a time like this, have ears and, and have our hearts listening to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in this hour. So let's get into the Word of God today. Today joining us in our panel is Brother Marty and Brother Fernando. And as always, it is a pleasure to be able to study the Word of God with my brothers. And so we'll leave it to you, Brother Marty, to uh, share what God has placed in your heart on this Tuesday as we study the Word of God together. Amen. We're back again for our a Tuesday morning podcast, and we're excited for what the Lord has has for us to share this morning. We're, we're going to be coming to you today out of the book of Daniel. Those of you who have your Bibles, we ask you to uh, open them up as we begin a, a series uh, studying uh, the prophetic parallels that we see occurring in our times. And, and we believe that as the Word of God teaches us that you know we're, we're commanded to study the history of the, of the Scriptures in order to understand uh, from generation to generation, uh, as we're led by the Spirit, precisely where we find ourselves in the unfolding prophetic times. We believe we have indeed crossed over into the end times, and that is why we are bearing down on the Scriptures as we continually seek the Lord for what it is He's having us to understand and, and also be guided by His Spirit on the kinds of decisions that we need to make uh, personally in our relationship with God, as well as for our families in these coming days. And so I think, uh, you know, we invite you to settle in as we begin today to look at some very uh, intense things as usual. Uh, but we're going to, uh, we're going to prayerfully bring some, some thought provoking uh, ideas, if you will, revelation, as we believe that the Lord has given us insight. And we say those things very humbly, of course, it, and and we pray that uh, that you'll be uh, you'll be blessed today. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask Brother Jeremy if he would read uh, two scriptures to us. Uh, we'll start off by reading, uh, let's see, Daniel chapter five, uh, verse one, Brother Jeremy, and and also could you read to us uh, after verse one, read to us verse five, and we'll begin our study, seeking God's blessings as we always do in Jesus' name, Brother Jeremy. Amen. Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. In the same hour, verse 5, in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote my, my. <clears throat> in the same hour 
came forth the fingers of a man's hand and wrote on the wall. We're going to begin a, a, a study today that really encompasses Daniel chapter 5 and chapter 6 and 7. But uh, today I think we'll be able to at least cover chapter 5. If there's a title to this, I would call it Lions and Bears, The Fall of America and the Great Global Reset. Lions and Bears, The Fall of America and the Great Global Reset. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we take it very seriously what we teach daily. We've 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 all labored, my brothers and I, quite frankly, um, with a strength given to us by the blessed Holy Spirit, even through the days and the nights of weariness. The Lord, His Holy Spirit, has always strengthened us. You know, this year 2020, as we near its close, in many ways has has uh, distant, uh, has placed in in, in distance, uh, not just 2019 from our memories, but but in many ways the years that have led up to this 2020 experience that we've we've all been up under. And to those who are discerning, our our times are more than just unusual, really. And you know we've concluded not by vision or by dreams or by some anxious emotional reaction. We've concluded by intense, intense for us at least, intense scrutiny as we've been led by the grace in our hearts, and and that grace has been given to us by the Lord, and exclusively, we pray, by the Word of God. And and, and what we have found is that we believe we have entered the end time. Those times, uh, that, that phrase, end times, our brothers and I have been talking about this at length over the last several weeks especially, in one of brother, uh, Pastor Jeremy's favorite passages of Scripture uh, that he shares with us is, is what the Lord showed him in Daniel chapter 12 uh, concerning the time of the end, and that none of the wicked will understand in that particular time, but that the wise would understand having been made purified, uh, having been purified, made white, and tried is the list that, that the apostle or the prophet Daniel gave us there. But, you know, we believe we have entered those times. And, and if our conclusions are correct, then really it's our, it's our duty, it, it's our calling. And it's also your duty and calling as our listening audience, as men and women in the congregation of the church, really, to expend ourselves in the pursuit of of the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit and share what what we're seeing with you, with our brothers and sisters, your your brothers and sisters, your families, and, and truly the redeemed church of the living God. And humbly and in great fear before the Lord, we attempt to give you his word. And by that holy word, we attempt to impart guidance to assist in the unfolding days that lie before us all, really in the very sobering and serious decisions uh, that we all uh, might be called upon to make very, very soon. You know, we've been instructed and, and warned, really, by the holy apostles and the holy prophets of God, and yes, of course, even by the Lord Jesus Christ, whose coming is drawing near. We've been warned to search the scriptures, the words of the apostles and the and the prophets, especially as we see the day approaching. That's what the Apostle Paul said. 
and Peter and the others, right? Uh, right? That is what we've been doing uh, and uh, since March in earnest, really, and, and much has been given us uh, for this, and we thank we thank the Lord and praise the Lord for this. So as we begin today, we, we come now to what we believe as 2020 is closing. Uh, we, we come to what we believe is what is next in the days and the months and really the remaining years ahead for his, his church, for our families. And so with that in mind, as we begin this study today, we turn our attention first to America. You know, there's there's many mysteries in the Word of God, uh, uh, and many have asked, is America mentioned in the Word of God? You'll hear all kinds of answers to that. Most preachers in the pre-tribulation camp especially tell you that it isn't. Others speculate on the fact that the great war of Magog and, and Gog and Magog that's mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39, which uh, basically indicates that Israel itself will become surrounded uh, by the forces of the entire planet, really, led by the Antichrist, um, and, and and find herself in that war without ally. And so many prophecy scholars in the in the days gone by have, have hypothesized that, that that means something had to happen to America, but that really America wasn't in the scriptures. I don't frankly believe that's true. And, and like we said, many have asked, is America in the word of God? And I believe that it is. I think my brothers do too. And and, uh, and if the Lord allows in the coming future podcast that we have in the days ahead, ahead uh, we'll explore this in, in a much deeper length. But for today, what we want to do is look at the prophetic parallels found in the fall of the great global empire known as Babylon. And what we're going to do is attempt to apply what we see of where we are right now, quite possibly where we are right now, as we close out 2020. So as we begin that and laying that little foundation there, I, I would like, Brother Jeremy, could you uh, please uh, turn over to Daniel chapter 7 and read to us, please, Brother, uh, verse 1 through 3, and we're going to see some interesting things here. And we're going to apply these things by the Spirit. Uh, through the Word of God, and, and we ask those of you that are listening to settle in and, and, and consider these things, as we believe this is what the Lord is saying right now uh, for the United States and, and, and the world going forward. Uh, so could you read that to us, Brother Jeremy, in chapter 7, verse 1 through 3? And brothers, please, at any time uh, when you feel uh, to contribute, please do. Uh, verse 1 through 3. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one, diverse, diverse one from another. So <clears throat> verse three says, the four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse from one another. And verse four, I'm sorry, Brother Jeremy. I meant to okay. include verse four. In that. The first was like a lion and had eagle wings. 
I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. So the first beast, he says, he identifies there in verse 4. Listen to the characteristics here. It's like a lion, but it has eagle's wings. The wings are plucked, lifted from the earth, and then made to stand on its feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Basically, what we're seeing there is the decline in this kingdom he's mentioning of its power to where at the end, when it when the man's heart is given to it, that's basically all it is. It's devoid of the lion and the eagle uh, symbology. It, it basically has lost its its tenacity as a lion, and it's lost its its swift ability to to control, uh, represented by the eagle. And in and in its end, what Daniel is seeing is ultimately the destruction of the Babylonian Empire. It's basically left as a man. Uh, powerless to to prevent what's about to come upon it. And as you go into the seventh chapter, you'll begin to see an unfolding in this dream that Daniel had of subsequent global empires that were about to to uh, <clears throat> to, to come on the scene. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. what we're reading here is the decline of the Babylonian Empire, but we're going to apply it um, as we believe we should. And again, like we said earlier. I believe America is mentioned in the scriptures, and I think we're going to see some things here that that could very well be hidden nuggets for us to understand the times in which we find ourselves in right now. Were you going to say something, brother? No, just just reading the verses there, um, it, it just stood out to me. Uh, you know, I've been sensing in the spirit the decline of yes. of America. You know, that the the true believer, the true spirit filled believer, can sense and see. But the description given by Daniel concerning Babylon, and and it's it's being rendered almost powerless to where he's just a mere man, you know, with the heart. It's yes. exactly what's going on uh, in America. Yes. And I think that's what we're going to talk about. So it's it's it really resonated with my spirit. Amen. And 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 that's exactly where, what we're where we're headed into. And we want to look at some of the interesting things here. Again, uh, I believe it was. Friday, we talked about Daniel's vision that he had in chapter 8, which occurred in the third year. He identifies that chapter 8, verse 1. Can you read that vision, Brother Jeremy? Chapter 8, verse 1. Yes. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. So the the first that he's talking about, the first vision is what we're looking at right now in chapter 7. And he identifies that first vision, like Brother Jeremy read to us in chapter 7, verse 1, as occurring in the first year of Belshazzar. By the time we get to chapter 8, he has another vision, which is in the third year of Belshazzar. And why this is important to note is because the reign of Belshazzar was approximately only a four-year period. So when Belshazzar comes on the scene as the king of Babylon, he only has four years apportioned to him. And what's interesting is what Daniel sees in the very first year, uh, which is chapter 7 in this dream, is is a description of of how the, the kingdom came up to begin with. 
Daniel says in verse two that I saw uh, the vision by night. So it 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 testifies to him in the spirit. Night always reflecting a time of darkness and judgment, and you know the the difference between light and day, right? I mean, night and day. Uh, so whenever you see this kind of language in the scripture, you're talking about setting the mood or the tone, or by the Holy Spirit, he's trying to alert us to very symbolic language uh, and precise uh, instruction to us for understanding uh, the, the tone that's being set here. Daniel describes it as as being the four winds of heaven striving upon the great sea. And and that particular description indicates to us that we are witnessing a struggle between powers, the winds of heaven, so to speak. It, it's a very spiritual term. And what unfolds in the next two chapters, really, and, and, and even into chapter 9 and, and 10, are descriptions of principalities and, and powers that are fighting and jockeying for position in the unseen world. And they're striving over what Daniel talks about here as it was revealed to him over the great sea. Now, we know from Bible, letting the Bible interpret the Bible, that when we get to the book of, of Revelation, what's revealed to us is that the great sea itself represents all the, all the people of the world, all the nations, all the tribes, all the different languages. And so what Daniel is having revealed here in the very first year of the final four years, of the Babylonian Empire is that there is a, a, a true fight that's taking place <clears throat> over these kingdoms in the spirit realm. And, and so what he says then is that, that four great beasts come up from the sea. And, and, and so we go on in our interpretation as we go into the rest of the chapter and see that those four great beasts represent four ex expressly distinct uh, kingdoms that are global in nature and, and in their power. Ultimately, the fourth beast that will be revealed is the final expression of, uh, of a great global empire that would arise different than all the others before it, the Bible goes on to tell us, that would arise at the end of time. But he first draws our attention to the first year of Belshazzar, because what he's wanting us to understand is that the time of Babylon was going to be limited. And, and that is why what he sees in, in, in chapter 4, I mean in verse 4 of chapter 7, is he begins to give us a description of it. He says, the first is like a lion, has two eagle wings, and then ultimately declines into being just a simple man amongst the kingdoms of the world. By the time it reaches its end, it's going to be powerless to do anything about it. It's left alone. It no longer has these, these characteristics of the lion or the eagle anymore. It's once greatness. Now, as it pertains to the United States of America, it does not go without note that the two symbols that make up this Babylonian kingdom are, are the same exact symbols of two nations that exist today on the planet. For instance, the lion is the symbol, and you can look this up, any of you students of history, that the symbol of the nation of England or Great Britain is the symbol 
of the lion. And con conversely, the symbol of the United States of America is the symbol of the eagle. That's our symbol. But what, what we find interesting here in our exploration of Scripture is this, that what Daniel sees is not a separate lion and a separate eagle. What he sees is a lion that has eagle's wings. And, and what is of note for the prophetic parallel is that the United States is the lion nation that was given eagle's wings if we take this symbolism how it's revealed understand this that remember our history in this nation we were born out of the lion the the people that right. came across the sea right yeah <laughs> go ahead brother what were you gonna say no that's right it speaks of uh England, it, 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 this this particular um, being has a composite of both, right? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. when you speak of England, the United States speaks of the free world, the West, as they say, um, but America, its roots uh, are in England. That's right. That's exactly right. And so I find it very fascinating here. Because, again, we started off talking about there are many mysteries in the Word of God and that many people have asked, is America mentioned in the Word of God? We believe unequivocally, yes. But how that is discovered must be discovered by the guidance of the Holy Spirit who, who gives us the wisdom to see. Remember, there's this mystery Babylon that the book of Revelation reveals. And that she will be dealt with and brought up under judgment. But no one really knows who she is, That at least in contemporary pre-tribulational circles, if you will, uh, to use fancy words. You know, I mean, there, there's a whole camp of people that, that believe a, a, a flow of Bible history that actually, or excuse me, prophetic understanding that actually flowed out of a flawed doctrine that emerged at the beginning of the 20th century and literally swept the church. And brought it into a position of slumber as it it stands on a, on a lonely mountaintop, listening, waiting to hear a trumpet to take it out of this tribulation that has already begun to come to pass on the face of the earth. And so everything else going forward from that position is going to be hidden, because it's always going to be viewed from an escapist doctrine mentality. And so when that's applied to the scriptures, there are no answers. It's 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 thin at best. But when we allow the symbolism of the scripture itself to begin to speak to us, prayerfully so, and, and with deep reflection and meditation, and, and become serious students of what it is that God is revealing here, then, then the symbolism that is hidden to the casual observer begins to be revealed in the specific time, just as like Brother Jeremy always quotes to us, that Daniel said it would happen, and that is in the time of the end, that, that, that then the scriptures would be unlocked and we would begin to understand some things from a perspective that had been hidden from generations up until the point that the generation who would be alive at the time of its fulfillment would then begin to have it revealed to them. We think we're seeing the pattern of those very things right here. Understand what Daniel sees. He sees in the first year of Belshazzar, 
we find ourselves right now engaged in a great fight over the very soul of the nation. In in a sense, what's actually happening right now is the four winds are indeed striving on the great sea, if you can see it. The nation is hanging precariously over the cliff, if you will, and and much is being determined right now in the councils of heaven by God Almighty. It is the Father's prerogative should he choose to do it to extend a a little bit more grace to this nation but i think as we go on into this it's quite possible that what what is actually going to be revealed to us is that our time has come and this is going to be a very difficult process for many within the economy of the church in our nation right now to come to grips with and we'll see that as we go forward but we want to point out here again what's being dealt with, and the reason that Daniel is given this vision in the first year of this king is because it's alerting us to the fact, as you study history, from this point that Daniel has this vision, there's only four years left to this great Babylonian empire. Four years, that's it. Almost sounds like the term of a presidency, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it is. Strikingly. Strikingly. And and so what he wants us to understand is that the is that Babylon itself. Oh man, I don't know how deep we can go here today, but Babylon itself, which will which has made its appearance in the Book of Revelation, chapter I think it's around what sixteen through eighteen, <laughs> as you study in the in there, uh, that Babylon itself is going to have to be dealt with when we apply uh, the spirit or mystery Babylon. I think that's why it's called mystery Babylon. To, to Babylon itself, as it's revealed in the book of Daniel, a, a key is given to us here of what determines what, what Babylon is. Babylon is both lion and eagle. My, my. Mm-hmm. Notice what it starts out as. It starts out first like a lion. And then it has eagle's wings. See now, we, if if we had some theologians listening to us from the you know the the stuffy old church, they would get really mad at us right now <laughs> because they <laughs> they True. they would have to right because they would say, wait a minute, you know that ain't it at all. Well, what do you believe? You know, and as they begin to unfold, what you'll really find is is their eschatology is really tainted by a limited view of history uh, and what has unfolded to this time. But now we look at scriptures from the perspective of the scripture, and we're putting forth a thesis. This is just a thesis, but I have I have really a really deep sense that we've 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 come across something here that quite possibly is going to bring great understanding to where we are right now in this country. Because remember again, what Daniel says in verse three is is that that this beast in in verse four is first a lion and then eagle's wings are added to it. Brothers and sisters, that is precisely what what the United States is. Like like Brother Fernando and, and Brother Jeremy and, and we were just discussing, the United States of America came out of Great Britain. So it had first, it had uh, through King George and the expansion of the of the Great British Empire came to the colonies what would become the colonies. And and they asserted control over it. And the symbol of Great Britain is the lion. And so 
America herself began as a lion, but when her independence was won, she became, she had the foundation of the lion, but the eagle's wings were added to her. It became the symbol of the United States of America. And so what we are proposing in that case then is that if we allow the Bible to uh, symbolically teach us in this way, then what we are actually also having additionally revealed to us who have the complete word of God from Genesis to Revelation, that this mystery Babylon taking symbology of the scripture itself and applying it to the scripture could very well indeed be what Daniel calls uh, Babylon itself, made up of the lion and the eagle, and subsequently the end-time expression of it would have to come to rest in the pattern of unfolding uh, prophetic understanding upon a nation in the future that would both have at its beginnings the lion and the eagle coming together as one and making one nation, and in its end be stripped of those uh, great symbolic uh, powers and 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 be reduced down to just a man without any additional help anymore with only four years left to its history when you know as we as we count it where daniel has the vision that's why we pointed out it's very interesting what's happening right now because really four years is coming to an end and what's being fought over right now is this nation and it seems to be utterly powerless mm-hmm. as to what's overtaking it right now. Any thoughts? Uh, I don't yeah, know. the mm-hmm. go ahead, Pastor. go ahead, brother. Finn. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll follow you. That that word strove, that the four winds strove, right uh, uh, upon the sea, and we know that the sea represents nations, the people, um, the four winds in heaven. It speaks of a dimension um, that is is strove. The word strove literally means to burst. To to to. It's like it's it's like the spirit realm or something violent is bursting through the heavenlies into the sea. Yes. Right. That's what we're seeing right now. That's what we're sensing with everything that's going on right now. The four-year term of of the president coming to an end. And we're seeing this, 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 the rise of a new administration and, and the right. things that are taking place in our nation, in our streets, is exactly what Daniel is describing here in, in a beautiful way. Something is striving, is strove, something is bursting through. Something Incredible. is penetrating into the natural. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Brother Jeremy, what were you going to say? You know, uh, I, I don't know if I, I'm just thinking, I wonder what the listener is sensing right now, but what we're talking about, uh, we're describing, you know, uh, the line with the wings and, and, and making a correlation with America. Think about the history, the short history of our nation. Our nation is only about 244 uh, years old, correct? About 244 yeah. years old. And look at all the things that have happened, you know, in just in our 244-year history. You know, when you study about the characteristics of a lion and the eagles, it, it, it very much describes, 
and and, and it was really into the 17th century where uh you know it was the europeans right yeah <laughs> brought over all these things horses and cattle and and goods and, and so forth and and you know this that's what we were born out of right and uh, yeah. but it's just incredible i'm just thinking about the of our short history it's only it's short in comparison to the history of other nations of other um cultures right like the chinese and the jews and so forth but what we have done in this span of 244 years is amazing and to look at where we're at today right now as we as brother fernando said as we're entering a new term of presidency mm-hmm. and if you have eyes to see verse 4 is a perfect picture of where we have come to today 2020 amazing very much so, I think, and and yet again we emphasize this is what we're seeing, and so we leave it to the to to, to you, our brothers and sisters that are listening, to make your own determinations. But but at least go to the scriptures and 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 check behind us, and, and see if what we're saying is is, is a consistent thread uh, throughout the prophetic scriptures. And I think you'll find at least an intriguing consideration is being put forth here to give us light on where we find ourselves. You know, Brother Jeremy, you mentioned that the history of the United States itself being born out of old Europe, or really, uh, better said, from from Great Britain, which 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 brought us over here, which is exactly how Daniel reveals. And maybe I didn't say it well, but when you look at the two components, it's incredibly fascinating that that the lion and the eagle is what what Daniel says made up Babylon. And so in the coming days, should the Lord allow us to explore these things, when we search for Mystery Babylon, then we have to find where she is, and we have to allow the scriptures to allow us to to uh, interpret where she is based on how she's described by the, by the prophet Daniel as being a nation that is made up of the lion and the eagle, and, and it's called Babylon. It gives us insight into what might be the identification of mystery Babylon that we find in the book of Revelation chapter 18 and where she sits, as is described in Revelation 17, is a nation that is bordered by two huge uh, bodies of water. That is where the spirit of it came to rest in the end of time, according to the book of Revelation, and it is where it will meet its demise before the great full expression of the great uh, world empire headed by that wicked one, that son of perdition, uh, comes to pass. Now, Brother Jeremy, you mentioned something there, the 244 years. That's exactly right. But what's interesting also to consider, brothers, is this, is that the actual global uh, zenith or height of power of, of, of the Babylonian nation of this time, the beginning from the end, so to speak, uh, lasted only 70 years before the transition took place to the next kingdom, the next global empire, which is represented by the Medes and the Persians, the feet of bear, the feet of the bear, so to speak, uh, that is revealed. But listen to this. If you consider, and I'm just throwing it out there for our consideration, that the United States really didn't take its place as, as a powerful global empire until after World War II as it emerged from the great world war ii 
uh, out right. of 19, right? 1948, 1949. By the, by, the, by the time we hit the 50s, right, we have become that great global superpower made up wow. of the lion and the eagle. Now, if you add 70 years from that point, you're right around. <laughs> yeah, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Even if you tried, I mean the parallels. I mean that's incredible. You know you're right. Really, the rise as in terms as a superpower, right? Was after right war uh, World War Two, around the same great same, generation. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. Incredible. Now, the greatest generation. Yeah. That's right. And so, with that kind of thinking in mind, then knowing that we are the lion and the eagle nation made into one and that 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 <laughs> that its power lasted 70 years in the days of daniel before a what great global reset took place because that's what we're talking about here the rise of a global empire and the demise of that empire daniel has his vision four years before it happens he describes to us these beautiful things that we've been discussing. The length of its power lasted 70 years. If our if our speculation at least is 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 it's intriguing at least, but if it's correct, then then the parallels are striking. Because if what we are witnessing here the same pattern being fulfilled in the United States, which is made up of both eagle and 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 lion, uh, then the 70-year period would put us somewhere around, depending on when you want to identify, you want to identify it in 1948 as being the time or or the beginning of that decade where we really grew, which was 1950, that would bring us right up to 2020, right where we are and, and where we then should begin to see in the prophetic unfolding pattern a decline and the rise of something else. <laughs> so I think that what Brother Fernando was pointing out too is when we see the striving of the four winds over the great sea, what's intriguing about that, if we really look at it, is that they, they're all striving and they all come up together. Right. Right? Yeah. So Which is a rare it, occasion. Yes. For for all four to be in conjunction uh, at that particular time um, tells us that it's a global thing. Yes. And that is it's it all, quite possible? It's all encompassing. It's all encompassing. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and is it possible what's being revealed here is that all four will suddenly come to the forefront out of the great sea representing the nations of the world at a precise time when the lion-eagle-man imagery of Babylon meets its demise and diminishes and gives way to the other three beasts that rise now, up out of the sea. In, in connection, but uh, this that took place in Babylon is in connection with what, what took place with the Jews, right? They were taken yes. captive, right, mm -hmm. and for some 70 years in Babylon the nation of Israel in connection with when America became a superpower 
you know, the nation of Israel became a nation in 1948, right? Yes. So it's it's in connection with something uh, 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 of great proportion that has taken place with Israel. In this case, it was their captivity. If you bring it uh, uh, in, in the days of Babylon, uh, in our day is the, the regathering of the people of Israel, right? And out of that, America became the greatest superpower the world has ever known, maybe since the time of Babylon, right? Yes, exactly. And and and, and so, we, <laughs> so we we see something here that's that's quite extraordinary. And and uh, and if we're following what we believe in humbly, so the, the, at least the sense of what we're getting here is we're witnessing uh, the scripture reveal to us the decline of the American Empire. And, and it is why we see, like you said, Brother Fernando, the four winds of the sea, so to speak, are, 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 are striving over it. It's a fight. Now, Daniel right. had this vision four years in advance. God gave it to him in order to identify to us that it would be a four-year period that would result on that infa infamous night when the handwriting appeared on the wall. It, that would be the night that, that, that Babylon came down. And we're going to look at that real quick. But listen, what is of note again is the prophetic parallels. The United States is the lion nation that was given eagle's wings. It becomes a global empire. Its zenith quite possibly has only lasted 70 years. It must decline, therefore, mm. and give way mm. to the next phase of, of the beast wow. that has risen up out of the sea, which is... Which is <laughs> given the personality of the bear, of the leopard, and then followed by or inclusive with the other third beast, which is a fourth beast which rises up out of the sea, which is unlike any global empire before it. And it's going to incorporate um, aspects of, of the bear and the leopard, which we later see in the book of Revelation chapter 13, and which we'll get into as the Lord allows us in the coming days. But you see, Babylon's night came. And that's what we want to look at. And, 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 and we want to see in Daniel chapter 5, uh, what we're going to see is the description of its fall. And again, the parallels are strikingly similar to what we're witnessing uh, in, 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 in our times right now concerning the United States of America. Uh, when 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 Daniel is shown the fall of Babylon, remember it's revealed as we piece the scripture together between seven and eight, and that four years would be a portion for it. And 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 in the first year of Belshazzar, when he has this this thing happen, where he has this vision that we've been just talking about, what what Daniel sees is the ascendancy of Belshazzar, and it alerted Daniel that Babylon's days of a global empire are just four years away from being finished. Let's take a look at Daniel chapter 5 so we can watch and see the, the, what happened. Could you read again to us, Brother Jeremy, verse 1 of chapter 5? I'm sorry. <clears throat> Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the, thou the thousand. All right. 
So now from this point on, we're going to be discussing it from the perspective of the parallels with what we see in, in the demise of ancient Babylon and the United States of America. We're first introduced to a king. He's going to have a limited reign. It's, it's between one and four years, but it ultimately, we know from history, ended four years. In four years. When we pick up the story in chapter 5, verse 1, this king is making a great feast to a thousand of his lords, drinking wine before them. So really what this represents to us is that this is now a nation that is at the height of its prosperity. It's never going to get bigger than this. It's at the height of its prosperity, but also its indulgence. And, and, it, and it runs rampant throughout the bureaucracy, just to put it in modern terms, right? The bureaucratic machinations of the running of the kingdom. Here in Bible language, they're called a thousand of his lords. They can almost represent the systematic bureaucracy of the kingdom. And they are celebrating their height, uh, his ascendancy to power. Uh, all of it is culminating now with this attitude that at the end of this four-year period, because this is the night in question, that that they are they're in, they're untouchable. You know, I mean, they're mm -hmm. they're just partying up a storm, right? <laughs> So as we go along, brothers, jump in whenever you feel like, hey, that sounds like America and what's happened in 2020. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's how 2020 began, did it not? With Trump yeah, and absolutely. the whole, right? I mean, we're, we're, there ain't nothing stopping him now, right? The economy's rip-roaring. And, and, and we're going to see here something very interesting that I think kind of hints at this merging of what we saw over the last four years between the evangelical community and political power to a ruler that had been apportioned only four years before the decline of the nation would take place as a result of it. In the fourth year, in the fourth year, they're at their height, prosperity flowing, indulgence is rampant throughout the bureaucracy. And then comes verse two for the Jeremy. <laughs> No, again, you, you can't make this stuff up, right? It's, no. uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm just blown away right now by the way the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Uh, if we have eyes to see, you know, if we have eyes to see, this is all within a four-year period. Um, yes. What, what, what we're talking about, right? Um, yes, and, it is. And here we see, we see what takes place towards the end of this period. Um, very eerie similar to what has taken place these last four years. Incredible. Brother, and Brother Marty, uh, and I'm just, uh, if I can just interject this, what we studied uh, over a month ago, and, and, and please uh, just correct me if I got the name wrong, but I believe what King Zedekiah was the last king of Judah. Is that correct? correct. Appointed by yes, uh, Babylon. He ruled for 11 years, but the last seven years were um, in captivity. Is that correct? Um, yes. He, and I remember uh, studying. So if you guys want to get some more history, too, I mean, but you see all the correlations here. I, I just think uh, what you're talking about right now is, is, 
is is tremendous. Right now, we're speaking now of of this king uh, Belshazzar, right, who would reign yeah. for about four four years. And yeah. I want you to keep in mind to the listener, uh, we have entered, or it looks like we're about to enter a new um, president, sure. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the correlations with America and see what we can see because I think the Lord is, man, he's speaking clearly uh, right now. So um, just just have so, all those things in mind as we study. So as Belshazzar in his fourth year of his reign is introduced in chapter five, uh, again, we, we, we reiterate that we have a feast, a great feast. It's not just a feast. It's called a great feast. They're drinking wine. Mm-hmm. The entire mm-hmm. bureaucratic structure identified as his lord's, they, they've reached the height of prosperity and indulgence. That's how he's introduced in his final year here, in, in the fourth year of his reign. And so it looks like happy days are here again, and, and they're, they're indulging in such a euphoric way, and, and then they take it to the next level, which, which reveals stuff to us that are, that's very interesting in verse 2. Brother Jeremy, could you read verse 2? What does he do? Yes. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princess, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Incredible. So let's take a look at what he does. So they're 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 unstoppable. They're they're at this feast. They have absolutely no clue what's just ahead of them. But but this is the attitude, the personality that's being revealed. What he does is he 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 brings the holy vessels of God uh, to himself. You know, it's an important parallel. It, it possesses the truth, spiritually speaking, of what we've seen happen at the highest levels of this nation. I mean, the holy vessels of God can 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 represent, uh, you know, the, the the spiritual truth, if you will. It comes from God's house, and the king brings the vessels uh, to himself. In many ways, that's what Trump did at the beginning of <laughs> of his presidency, but really in earnest yeah. in January, right? <laughs> if you remember, if you want to use the holy vessels as representing, uh, you know, the the church. The evangelical community, whatever, uh, they begin to 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 bring these vessels and 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 begin to uh, to mix them with the the kings, the princes, the concubines. I mean, the aristocracy of the ruling elite. Really, it's a great celebration. Let me let me ask a question. I mean, I studied a little bit of history. Um, you probably studied more concerning our president. But has there been a president? that has uh, lined himself up with evangelicals like the current president? Not to this extent. They've always extended a branch out to them. I think right. Bush was a good ex- example of that, you know, but, but not to this extent, not where they actually appointed. And what's interesting about it, brother, is that, you know, they, they always, we always had, you know, images of, let's say, Billy Graham, right? He, he like mm-hmm. was the counselor to, to eight presidents, you know, but there's always been that kind of thing. But to actually call it a movement uh, where you bring in what is interesting to me is the people that were chosen to become the leaders of the evangelical council to the president all came out of a compromised 
charismatic movement, Paula White being the chief counselor of all of them, Copeland, all these people, all these false prophets, you know, they, 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 they came and intermingled themselves and then brought their congregations with them. And the president basically, what, drinking wine out of the vessels out of the house of God. Uh, I see there a symbolic reflection of, of the mixing of, of what should have been a separate thing with the political sphere in a great celebration. That's what we see had happened early yeah. on in 2020, right? right? But also an interesting thing is Brother Jeremy was talking earlier about Zedekiah. It made me think of that we also see a component here of Israel and Belshazzar, right? Because the vessels came from Jerusalem. Isn't isn't it this presidency that has allied itself with with Jerusalem unlike any presidency before oh, it? Yeah. Absolutely. Incredible, right? So what do they do, Brother Jeremy, in verse 3? I mean, they, they minted a coin uh in, in you know in Jerusalem with the face of the president right yeah um, i think it was the half shekel uh that right. that uh that is that is required of every person um whenever you know they 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 built the the temple correct that's right wow. they call him cyrus <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> They might have. They might have should have called him Belshazzar. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> so he calls for the vessel, and then in verse three, what happens? Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives. And his concubines drank in them. So we could say it this way, right? They brought the holy vessels of God into the celebration in the political realm, right? Amongst all the the ruling governmental elites. You're talking about princes and kings and you know counselors and all these people were there were there, the lords of, of the nation. Uh, they brought the vessels of God and merged it with their celebration into the realm of political power. And when they did that, this is what they begin to do and emphasize in verse 4. What did they do? They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. So what do we see here? They fill the vessels with wine. That speaks of seduction, right? And what they celebrate and what they extol is the power of their economic prosperity, right? Gold, silver, iron, I mean, all the, everything that has to do with the economy. Mm -hmm. That's what happened <laughs> in 2020 at the beginning of the year. But the yeah. fact that it, if you remember, it was unstoppable, right? He's going to win unstoppable. He's going to win. The economy's too good. The, the, boasting, the boasting was incredible, yeah. all the way from the military to the economy. I mean, it got to a point where I was like, all right, man. <laughs> we can't, you know, it was right. like, keep that, on, keep, keep that on the down low, man. Just relax, you know. Yeah, but... <laughs> 
no, that. not at all. It was, it was, it was in your face. We are the greatest nation, yes. the greatest military might. And just to show you how great our military is, let me fly some of my, you know, some of my jets so you guys can see. You know, <laughs> yeah, incredible. That's right. It is, and that's what, and 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 they, and we see the whole picture. And it's in the final year. It's in the final night, really, of his, of, of of Belshazzar's ascendancy. Once it reached that point, and then it culminates with the great touting of the economy. What have you heard all throughout this COVID period? Ah, oh, man, we had the greatest economy, right? Ah, oh, right. You know, right? The lament over it, yeah. The lament over it. Because when that happened, and that's what they were proclaiming early on, January, early days, February, I think we see what then happened. Once it reached this crescendo early on, I think verse 5 is, is very telling. Can you, can you read verse 5, Brother Jeremy? In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Incredible. We know what the handwriting was going to pretend, I mean, foretell. But what's interesting is once it reaches this crescendo in the same hour, something entered in to the whole trip there that, that, that sealed its fate. Once the holy and the unholy were joined in a political expression, and in the defilement of, of the representation of the church of the living God, once that happened and that, that bold, you know, uh, proclamation like Brother Fernando was just describing, what we see here now is that suddenly a, a man's hand appears and begins to write something. It, it, what he was about to write was the nation is finished. Your nation is finished. The handwriting appeared. The appearance of the handwriting did something. And this is this subject, you can't make it up, right? Look what happens. We know the story, but go on to read verse 9. Just We're just going to hit some scriptures here, and, and, and you all can read the whole chapter in your own time that are listening, because it's incredible. But let's go to verse 9. When that handwriting appeared, what happened, Brother Jeremy, in verse 9? Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled. And his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished. Once they reached this crazy euphoric position we've been describing, all of a sudden something enters into it that changes the whole paradigm. So much so that the king himself, his countenance changed. The king went from a proud and arrogant king and was thrown for a loop, really. Something stopped his party. And 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 this was this this look that came over him says uh, that his lords, uh, you know, were astonished at it. They weren't used to seeing him in a weakened state, really. Incredible, brother Morty. Yes. Um, uh, well, I had a I had another question concerning verse five, but go ahead and finish that thought. Well, that the result of the handwriting 
is like a is like what I've seen happen this year in 2020 with with this current administration that 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 we've been trying to describe and see parallels of and the nation itself. And and once the paradigm shifted, once it began to dawn on Belshazzar that 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 everything he thought he was celebrating ain't what it was. It literally changed the look of the man. It weakened him. Mm-hmm. And his lords weren't used to seeing him that way in a weakened state. And so, you see, no one understood what was actually happening at that moment. Go ahead, tell us verse 5. Uh, uh, the word that sticks out to me is candlestick. Yes. Um, was that the candlestick? of uh, the temple and does it represent the church being in the king's palace well there's two opinions on that when i dig into the uh the old hebrew rabbi commentaries there there's those there's a camp that says yes that that the menorah which represents the church the seven branch candlestick was brought in Others say no, okay. it was just a candlestick. But if you apply the consistency there, I hear I hear where you're mm-hmm. going. I tend to lean to the fact that of course it's the candlestick because he commanded for all the vessels to be brought up. Correct. And so t- tell us what you see there, because I know there's it's a very spiritual thing there. <laughs> no, it's 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 it, the candlestick represents the church according to the Book of Revelation, right? Um, yes. And it's inside the king's palace. Well, what's what's the king's palace today in America? The White House, mm-hmm. yeah, right, and yeah. so we see the church. You know, the, the 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 religious leadership being invited, so to speak, into the King's Palace or to the White House, where all this is going on. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it, the connection is just so amazing, right? Um, we know where the candlestick should be, right? Is is within the temple. Right. Yes. Uh, in the presence of God, but we yes. see it here in the King's palace. And and that's and, a powerful point because then it goes on to say that the handwriting appeared directly over that candlestick. Correct. Yes. Go ahead. the writing came against the candlestick. Right. Yes. So the over, only way it was. Yes. So the only Over way it was right. a, you were able to see it is because of that candlestick, that the little light that was still bearing in there, right? And yeah. is what 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 would cause there to be a semblance of light to be able to see that candle. And, yes. And you know the the Bible speaks about, uh, I think it's, it's Psalms one nineteen one oh five. His his word is a lamp unto my feet, right? Uh, a light unto my path. But it speaks about also the word, you know, through the word of God, yeah. through the lens, candlestick. There's a lot of tremendous uh, um, meanings that we can get from there, but that's another another aspect that I'm looking at it too, is the word of God bringing light to judgment, bringing light to coming wrath or or, or judgment. You know, that's another way. And, yeah, that's really good. And we could look at it both ways. We could could also say uh, it, it's it's a church that finds itself in a place it doesn't belong, and as a result right. of that. It, it too falls under the judgment that's being written over the wall, or Good. you can look at it this way and say it does represent a church that was brought into a position it never wanted to be in, 
the vessels representing the compromised within the house of God that were that were filled with the wine of the king, but the candlesticks standing off to itself as a witness, giving the light. It begins to reveal yeah. that the true church begins to understand and illuminate that judgment has come. That this party ain't what it's all wrapped up to be. <laughs> wow! Wow! Incredible! Wow! Right. So either way, it's a powerful insight, you know, that you guys pointed out there. That's really good. So, I think it's also, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence and not, you know, I'm not trying to make a light of it, but that infamous picture that we see of our president holding the Bible, right? It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just weird, but yet telling, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's awkward. And when you see it, right, like, what is it, you know? But yet it is telling. It, it is a message, you know. And I, I don't know. I just thought about that parallel as we were speaking right wow. now of that. Wow. It is because violence, violence was breaking out while he's doing that. Yeah. That's you true. know, it was the most weirdest thing. You know, he's just, you know he's walking yeah. down the street, all kinds of violence around him, the loud noises, you know, things exploding in the background, and, and he's just holding that Bible up, and it's it's the weirdest thing, man. Yeah. In front of yeah. a church, in front of a, in front, in front of, of a church. church. Right. The, oldest the oldest church. church. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and wow. the name of the church is named after the apostle who wrote the book of Revelation, St. John's Church. Wow. Oh, come on now. <laughs> and it was a church, yeah. and it was a church that the night before had been lit on fire. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, people think we're crazy by now, but no, man, this is bearing witness. Well, there, there, there are no coincidences, as you say. There are no. Everything is by design. Everything that has taken place is telling us of something spiritual. Yes, sir. That's how. That's how the Holy Spirit is. You know. So, uh, you know. Well, it, it just happened that he was holding up a, a Bible in front of all the chaos breaking loose in front of St. John's Church. Okay, if that's how you want to see it. Go ahead. But I believe the Holy Spirit was telling us something through all these events. That's just one of the events that took place in these four, in these last four years. So many things, but um, everything is leading to what we're seeing here, you know? Uh, yes, in this, in I this think so. big party. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And, and then think about this now, because this next verse we're going to look at. Because what the king does when he sees the handwriting is 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 really changed his paradigm, right? Everything the party stopped. Something has changed this great celebration, and all the things we've been talking about. And so then he sets about to figure out what is this? You know, it's something that he had never ever had to encounter before. It's not even something that he understood, and so he calls. For all the people that should be able to help him figure it out, but check this out in verse 8. Could you read verse 8, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing, nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. In many ways, that's what we've seen take place in 2020 amongst the king's advisors. Right. Yeah. I mean, none of them had spiritual advisors. Yeah, none of them had answers. They the they really couldn't interpret. Go ahead. No, go ahead, brother Marty. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, well, I was going to say, you know, none of, them, none of them. That's basically it. None of them have the answers. They they right. don't know. They can't. They they didn't understand what was actually happening when 2020 began. They were too busy drinking wine out of the holy vessels of 
<laughs> the devil <laughs> and celebrating the yeah. economy. Yeah, go ahead. What yeah. were you going to say? You know, uh, it, it begs to ask the question. We must ask it, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando. Where are all the president's spiritual advisors right now? Mm-hmm. They have yeah. no clue of what's going on. Uh, most of them have gone, and you you met, and you called it out the, uh, the other day, Brother Marty, they have gone strangely quiet now. Y- yes. <laughs> After talking a big game, where are they? You know, this is the yeah. time. Well, the spiritual advisor should know the times, right? This, isn't that what the Bible says about the sons of uh, Zebulun? Yes, They not only knew the times, they knew what to do. Well, where are where are the sons of Issachar in this hour? All these spiritual advisors that were sitting in the White House and proclaiming, God bless America, and we are in the White House, where are they? They are strangely quiet. Why? Because they don't know. They themselves cannot read the writing on the wall as we are speaking about it today. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, they, Incredible. They, they've, been de- they've been declared by their own actions and saying false prophets. Mm-hmm. Yes. By themselves, on their own. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Amen. And, and this is really powerful because uh, 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 they're on the eve of, of, of the transition of global power here because that's really what we're witnessing. Mm-hmm. We're witnessing the removing of global power and the replacing of that global power with a reset, if you want to call it that. Or we're using modern language so that we can understand what we're looking at here. A great global reset. That is what they've been talking about. In order for that reset to happen, the the eagle... Uh, the lion and the eagle nation has to be reduced down to one single person who no longer has the power to do anything about it. And when he seeks for advice, all his all his advisors, this king's advisors, have nothing. They 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 really don't discern what's happening. No one could could bring the interpretation. And it's really interesting, brothers. Like you were just talking about both of you. What were we gonna say? What was that? <laughs> it's really. It, it's really interesting because uh, prophetic times, especially uh, as as the scripture reveals it, always exposes false prophets and and the pretenders to to spirituality. They get exposed. That's what happened here. None of the king's men's could make him understand what was actually taking place at a high level here, right? But. This is the beautiful thing, because the truth of the matter is, in those times, and I think what we're seeing now is a representation of the true church of the living God found in the prophet Daniel, and 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 that's what happens. Into these times, God is revealing that he would bring forth understanding to his true church, and that's what we see here in verse 11 and 12. Could you read that, Brother Jeremy? Verse 11 and 12. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him. Whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much 
as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Bel Teshazzar. Now, let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. My Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 You know, you, know what's inter- you know what's interesting to me, brothers, is, is the world knows the truth from the false, right? Because that, yeah. that, that was the queen talking, right? She's okay. I'm done. We're done playing with all these fools, right? Let's go. Let's go find a real man, God. Hallelujah. Like that. There is a man. There is a man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's always a Joseph, brother. There's always a Mordecai in the streets, right? There's yeah. always a man, yeah. God. Hallelujah. There's an yeah. Elijah, right? That, that goes yeah. to Mount Carmel. My Lord. See. I want to encourage you preachers out there and and you brothers and sisters out there. You may think you've been toiling in obscurity. You may think that that no one has noticed. You may think that that, uh, your time has passed you by. But in prophetic times, it has been God that has been shielding you away from all the madness we've been describing here. And when it most uh, matters, he will will send for you by his (laughs) spirit. I feel that someone out there I don't know who you are but you got tears in your eyes right now because you thought my days are over and I know I've got the word I got well God's about to bring you out and and, and allow you to come forth and say thus saith the Lord praise God and those of you whose families have kind of let you off to the side and you thought well they're just tired of hearing about this Jesus they're coming now they're going to come looking for you now they're going to remember those days you prayed they're going to remember those words you thought you they ignored or, or, or thought you were silly and, and all the things that, you know, Daniel wasn't even invited to the party, right? You know, but when they needed mm-hmm. him, there he is. And God brought him forth. And what Daniel goes about to do at this point is he begins to rehearse history. And and the king, before he, he gives him this history lesson, the king starts telling him, I'm going to pay you all this money if you'll give me the interpretation. Uh, but Daniel can't be bought. Can you read verse 17, Brother Jeremy? Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. See, there's there's a true church out there uh, that can't be bought right there's a true ministry out there we don't do what we do for filthy lucre that's what paul said right i didn't come to you deceitfully i didn't come looking for your money i came to reveal to you the true and the living gospel of of the lord jesus christ this is a picture of the end time church and 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 end time servants of god it's what we strive and hope to be ourselves right but daniel is a perfect picture of who God can use. This man can't be bought. And then Daniel ends up going through the next several verses. He he goes through history, laying down history, and he brings and lays out an indictment before the king uh, and, 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 and reminds the king, you knew better. You should have known that all your counselors, all the people you've been hanging with, the, the holy vessel, all that stuff, man. He says, you should have known better. But instead, uh, 
something else he tells him. He says, you, 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 <laughs> you were a proud king and refused to humble your heart. Go ahead and read that to us, Brother Jeremy, in verse 22 and 23. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, has not humbled thy heart, thou, though thou knewest all of this, but has lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives, and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. My God, he lays the indictment down and reveals to him, he should have known better. That's in, that's heavy, man. I mean, <laughs> we could talk about that at length. But then he reads the writing on the wall. As we come to the end of the four-year period, suddenly it becomes apparent. And that's what Daniel reveals in verse 24 through 28. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy? Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. Mene, mene, tekel, sin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Teres, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. My Lord, he reveals to him that his time was up. He tells him that his days on the days of his kingdom are numbered and finished. You know, we're not saying that we know absolutely what's going to happen in the outcome of this election. But we have a feeling, based on what we've been talking about today, that that the decline has occurred already. And 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 all the scenarios that we meditate on and pray about, none of them are good. Should by some act of force, uh, they attempt to uh, to declare a martial law, let's say, and, and remain in power, it'll end badly. Should uh, the courts of the land go ahead and determine and and give give the victory to to the current administration, <laughs> it'll end badly. Should we have actually reached this moment where his kingdom is over and and uh, and finished? It'll end badly, because where we are then is quite possibly what Daniel revealed to the king, that the global power of the lion and the eagle would be reduced to one single man, and he would not have the power to resist the great global reset. Another one comes to the world stage, and and, and that would be the Medes and the Persians, another global empire famous for its global law, and uh, and it comes to what Daniel would reveal would happen that night in verse 30 and 31. Could you read that, Brother Jeremy? In that night, 
was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. So Babylon came down while they partied, really. Uh, the evening crept in. That's why, again, uh, it's emphasized in verse 30, it was at night, right? It's very symbolic. They never saw it coming. See, America has woken up to one undeniable fact right now. While the evangelical community hitched itself to political power and in essence mixed the holy vessels of God with with the unholy world, when they reached their apex at the beginning of 2020, touting and celebrating the gods of silver and gold, an unstoppable economy, great power, seduction in the White House, all that stuff, suddenly something entered in that stopped the party. It, as it were, uh, the handwriting was on the wall, but nobody really understood what it meant. But what was really being proclaimed was this is the beginning of the end. And the power of the lion and the power of the eagle uh, will be diminished and brought down to one man whose reign in this particular story was only four years. The parallels are striking. And what we're waking up to right now is as each date gets pushed up, you know, today is the 8th, the day that many of the House uh, state legislatures across the country are supposed to be beginning the process to certifying what they call the Electoral College that elects the president. On Monday, the 14th, they're supposed to be seated, and, and, and it's on the 14th that the, uh, the new uh, administration is supposed to be declared as being uh, the incoming uh, new power, if you will, the new president. And so it's it's very interesting that as they continue to expose and bring to light all the questionable things, not just a vote here and there, but an entire election being stolen by a power that's almost – I mean, it's not worldly. It seems like it's otherworldly because no matter what is brought to light, it just seems to be tossed out as being irrelevant. And also you have a, a spiritual component in the form of it takes the form of the media for example the truth of what's actually happening is not being allowed to be expressed everything that's being posted everything that's verifying everything there's a whole new narrative taking place and the powers that be behind the scenes have crept in over multiple decades and suddenly it's as if they woke up and realized as Belshazzar would that night that the enemy wasn't coming he was already here and try as he might, he, he was really reduced down to fighting what he was fighting in his own human strength. But what Daniel goes on to reveal later is that it wasn't human strength at all. It was the great four winds that were striving on the sea. These are powerful creatures and beings that are shifting global power even as we speak. And much like Babylon of that day, the Babylon of our time, apparently never saw it coming. Tomorrow, uh, as the Lord allows, we'll go into what we see and what we call the great, the great global reset. It's preparing the stage for that one that is coming. But I want the church and our brothers and sisters to take great heart and understand Daniel was persevered through all this. 
he pre- he was preserved through it all. And the visions uh, of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is what was given to him. It was revealed to him in the, in the rest of the chapters. If you'll read it on your own, you'll see what was revealed was that all of this, this decline and the rise of, of the global reset, the new global power that was coming, all of it was leading to the second coming of the Lord. He called him the son of man. He called him the ancient of days. That is what the Lord is revealing to us now. The Lord Jesus Christ is soon to appear. Indeed, we believe the kingdom of God is at hand. We're going to explore a little bit further tomorrow, and I know that Brother Fernando has has some really interesting and good light as we go into Daniel chapter 6 and see what we believe is quite possibly we might be right on the eve of this global reset, this global shift. We pray above all things that the Lord is coming soon, and we're asking for his help and his grace to help us prepare But we think as we close out the years, if things go this way, and I'm not saying they have to, we're just simply looking at the word. We're not trying to be prognosticators here. But you have to admit that the parallels are are eerily striking. And so based on those things, we kind of just sit back and go, my goodness, uh, it's almost obvious what's happening next. And that's what we want to look at. Because the kingdom actually did diminish and a new power came, and it was a global power as well. It was the Medes and the Persians, and it was famous for instituting and implementing unbreakable law. We'll discuss those things tomorrow and how it affects the church in the days ahead. If anything, brothers and sisters, if this isn't the time, we know the time is near. And so either way, we're going to see what the scripture says is just ahead in the days to come. But remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 21. I forget what verse, maybe 25, somewhere in there. He said, remember this, church, when you see these things, when you see them begin to come to pass, he said, look up, wear back those shoulders, put a big smile on your face because you know something the rest don't know. Our redemption is drawing near. God bless you. We look forward to tomorrow. Brothers, uh, any concluding thoughts? Uh, it's been in a tremendous study, brothers, and uh, we just want to encourage you to join us again tomorrow as we continue into chapter 6 of the book of Daniel. We pray that you've been blessed today as we are. Meanwhile, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, and keep looking up.